0: Hello, hello, hello.
1: Happy Sunday.
0: Oh. And what? Well, because I was like, I was about to be like, happy Sunday. And like, but that means tomorrow I have to go to work.
1: Yes, that's true. It is <laughs> Monday. Eve. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: but I won't think about that. We're doing, we're doing something that makes me very happy. We're recording the podcast. So I'll just think about that.
1: There you go. Yes. Silver linings. Of course. Silver linings exactly. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm not too bad. Thank you. Not too bad at all.
0: I love your shirt. Beautiful.
1: Thank you very much. I am currently wearing a oversized sweater in slate gray from the Marina Varsity collection. Thank you for noticing.
0: Yes. So if you're (laughs) listening make sure you go to our Station 19 podcast page on Instagram and click the link and go to the stores and get yourself some merch that Melissa has spent so much time on and is amazing, and I cannot wait to purchase some because I love every single piece.
1: Thanks, mate, and I'm stoked. Yes. I just, um, Tiffany always have a chat before we, before we hit record, and um, Tiffany said, go and check your U.S. store because I think somebody had, like, a bunch of stuff in their yeah. cart yesterday, yeah. and um, and I went and looked, and we've already sold a few items, and I've already got some money in the bank to send over to actress Cecilia. So amazing! It's up like twenty-four hours, and we've already got some some cash to send over. So that's, yes. I mean, not a lot of cash, but hey, we've got some cash to send yeah. over. Um, after twenty-four hours, so I'm so I'm stoked! I'm stoked! No, that's
0: that's amazing. I mean. Even selling one item in, tw- in just in 24 hours, I mean, like, because it usually takes time, you know, to get it out there and, get, yeah. you know, just get people interested. But I mean, you've already made, like, look at you. You go, girl. I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of Thanks. you. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. I can't wait to get on there. My husband's going to be like, what's going on with our credit card? And be like, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> Mind your business. Mind your business. This is this is about me. <laughs> so I can't wait to get me some. I think I'm gonna get me one of each.
1: Excellent. Yep. For Excellent. sure Well there's there's plenty to choose from. And doesn't matter if you're out in the Hot, hot weather, we've got vests for you. If you're in a more moderate climate, we've got t shirts for you. And if you are freezing your backside off like we are currently in the UK, there are hoodies and crewneck sweaters for you. So,
0: yeah. So, take your pick. Take your pick. Get one for each season. Like, so I have one for year round.
1: There you go. Awesome. Display your love for Marina all year round. All year round.
0: Yep. And I love the colors, like I can't wait till people get on and look at it. I love the color choices. I just, I love everything about the designs. You just did so good. You should feel very proud of yourself.
1: Thank you, mate. I'll feel proud if and when we've got like a, a nice water cash that we can send over to Stefania's sister's charity, to Daniela's charity. I'd, that'd make me feel good.
0: I know, but I mean, the fact that, like that just shows how good of a person you are. Like the fact that you put all this work into this. Like for like, like you're getting. Just so you guys know, like Melissa's getting nothing for this. Like she's giving this all to the charity, so that just speaks volumes to who you are. And so I just think that's amazing.
1: Thanks, mate. Thanks. Yeah, of course. So can we stop talking about it now? Because I'm gonna get. I'm starting to actually get a little bit damp around the eyes. Don't want to embarrass myself.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Let's talk about something else. What do you want to talk about?
1: Um, how about the fact that we've got a return date for the show? Yes, we do.
0: I'm surprised it wasn't like what we started with. Yeah, I know. How exciting.
1: What is it? Boy, March 14th? 14th. It's etched in my mind. 14th yes. of March, 10 p.m. Woohoo! woo-hoo- I'm kind Woo-hoo-hoo- of bummed that the time
0: got pushed back because it's like longer to wait each night for it to come on. But it is what it is.
1: Yeah. And I, I went on Twitter. <laughs> I went on Twitter only to post. Um, You know what I'm like. I I only only use the podcast Twitter basically and I use it once a week just to post a link to say that the new episode is up. But I went on today just to post some pictures of the merch Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And this is why I don't go on Twitter. I got whacked straight away with a tweet that said, oh no, shows in a 10 p.m. time slot never do as well. I think this might be the last season of our show
0: i've seen that too
1: and it's like come on like a a loyal audience will follow it to 10 p.m yep b a 10 p.m time slot maybe opens us up to getting us like i'm a part of it (laughs) 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 but opens the show up to to a newer audience because there are the people that don't necessarily watch TV at 8 but are sat down in front of the TV at 10. Also, as per Emily Culver's post, she said 10 p.m. is a new sexier time slot because you can say sexier things and do sexier things at 10 p.m. So it's going to maybe change the nature of the show, which again might open it up to a new audience for whom the 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. themes were a little bit tame. Mm -hmm. Also... TiVo or whatever the new version of TiVo is, people often record things and rewatch them. And we're in the days of streaming. You can't watch it live in the UK. You can only stream it on Disney+. Plus. Right. So it doesn't matter if it's on at one o'clock in the afternoon, eight o'clock in the evening or one o'clock in the morning over here. No one gives a toss. We stream it. So I I don't think it's going to damage anything at all. I
0: I heard a lot of, I've seen a lot of posts like that, like this is the beginning of the end because of the time and blah, blah, blah. And I've seen that too. So
1: it's just, nobody has time for all that negativity. Don't be a negi Nora. Think of all the positives and think of all these other things that people record things, people stream. And if people love the show, people love the show. People that that are just going to tune in opportunistically aren't. you know that's gonna. That's not gonna kind of make a massive dent in the numbers.
0: Right.
1: So you might occasionally get you know a couple of percentage points bump or loss from people that tune in opportunistically, and that might change mm-hmm. as the time slot changes. But nobody that loves Station 19 and watches Station 19 and has done religiously for the past six years is going to go. Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to watch it now. That's right, like ten o'clock. I'm just going it- to bin it off.
0: Yeah, like yeah, seriously, I agree 100%. Like, that would be that would make no sense whatsoever.
1: Um, the only- you know, a show that's debuting in a 10 p.m. time slot, you mm-hmm. might maybe mm-hmm. want to worry about if that's mm-hmm. a thing, but right. but a, a show that's a show that's had a strong audience and let's face it, an audience that has now outstripped a uh, gray's audience, right? Yeah, my cat feels really passionately about this as she's well. Can like, you hear her? She's like,
0: you preach, mom.
1: <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> see listen to Willow Willow knows Willow, Willow, knows, yeah, Willow what, knows what's up
0: yep so no I agree the only thing that bums me about it is like I just don't want to wait because I want to see it so like you know <laughs> I guess I should be happy because normally I have to like fight for the TV but Abraham will be asleep by then so I don't have to fight for the TV anymore because he'll be he'll be in bed so that's a positive. There you go. There, there you go. There's always a positive. You just have to look for it.
1: There is. And like I say, most people stream TV these days anyway. Ooh. And everyone has like a, a, a tv hasn't been around for 15 years, has it? I'm so old. I don't know what people use these days. But like a DVR type affair.
0: You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: So yep. I don't think it's going to make any difference whatsoever.
0: No, I don't either. But um, but that's exciting, very exciting that we actually have a date to work towards now to count exactly. down. It's so, the
1: final countdown. Do, 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 do.
0: I was totally there <laughs> mentally with you. I was all in.
1: <laughs> um, we had a message from Jennifer following on from our, we now have a date for the new season. Mm-hmm. Um and she said now that we have a date <laughs> uh, for the show coming back, um she wants to know what our predictions are for the show. So oh, um hers okay. are that we'll start with Dixon's funeral and end with a pregnancy. So have you got any predictions?
0: Oh, so she's she's got a beginning and an and an end. Yeah. Um you know, I'm first I want to say that I'm I hope that they do the season justice because it's only 10 episodes. I really hope they don't just like rush through it. and, You know what I mean? Just yeah, make it blah. I was, I'm, I've been a little bit like I've heard a lot of people say that they almost wish that we just didn't do. Like we kind of would just skip over this season so we could have a full season next next season because they're worried uh-huh. about uh, they're worried about it just kind of flop being a flop. Um, so I I will say, I hope that that doesn't happen. Um, I honestly, I don't have any predictions. I just hope that they address the pregnancy in some way. And I hope it's not adoption either make it that she's not going to have a baby, make it that they are going to have, just address it. So we can just, it's like, the one thing everybody's been talking about whether you want the baby or not everybody's talking about it so address it please just give us something
1: I um, mean I think they'll have to address it that's basically been Karina's personality for a year is, yeah, I want a baby it has
0: to be just address it I hope um that Jack in the in episode one I want to see Jack um, go to Vic and let her know about Theo Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see that done addressed right away about Theo and Kate. Um, But overall, I'm really pumped to see Andy as captain. I I really am looking forward to seeing how they use her, what kind of captain they make her. Um, The similarities and differences between how her father was a captain versus her. I'm really excited to see that. Um, Ross staying chief. Is imper- yes, please. Yes, exactly, is imperative to me. Um, and do you think Emmett's going to come back for the funeral? Do you think they're going to bring him back just for that?
1: I mean, <laughs> the, the like, really boring and practical answer to that is it depends what Lachlan Buchanan is doing. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense for him to not,
0: Right. Like, I mean, it's his dad, right? Like you'd have to, like, yeah. like you, for him to not be there would be crazy, but.
1: And I know he's supposed to be in Europe, but they do let us out of Europe from time to time. Yeah. We are, We yeah. do manage to escape <laughs> the confines of this <laughs> continent. Transatlantic flights are fairly regular. Yeah. Um, yeah that's so, so funny. You're
0: allowed out.
1: They do let us out. Yeah. Um, it's harder to get out in Britain <laughs> than anywhere <laughs> else on the continent. <laughs> Boo Brexit. Um, but um, but yeah, I would love to see him back.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that'd be interesting too, for sure. And
1: it would be really cool to throw a little spanner in the works for Travis and Eli as well.
0: Yes, I agree. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about Eli. Mm. How could you? I know, how dare I? <laughs> um, it would be interesting to see um, just the effects of that relationship and things like that, but or even where that relationship is, period, even if if um, Emmett doesn't come back, just to see where Travis and Eli are. But um, I have a question. Do you think Andy is going to end up dating the head of the union guy?
1: Oh, God, I hope not.
0: I know. I hope not too. Yeah, he
1: did not do it for me.
0: No, me either. But my mom's hoping she uses that as leverage to get him to keep Ross on as chief.
1: I see where she's going with that. I wonder how much um, sway the union has over things like that, though. Because would I mean, ultimately, it would be the mayor's decision, I think, wouldn't it? And maybe the mayor takes the union's right. Opinion, maybe, into consideration, but right, yeah, I think her yeah. thought
0: processes is, is the mayor doesn't want to tick off the union like right away, like the you know, make no, yeah, that girl. makes
1: sense, that makes sense, yeah. I don't know, maybe she could have his ear without actually using her feminine charms, that would be good <laughs> if she. I agree with She I didn't have to resort to that. Yeah. yeah, he was he was awful. But then she was attracted to Beckett when he was at his most toxic as well, wasn't she? So yeah. I'm just wondering if she's got poor taste. In which case, yeah, I'm sure she'll have a go. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. And um, there you go. Jack was the sweetest guy, wanted the picket fence and wanted all the things, and she couldn't have been more repelled I know. by him.
0: I know. That was that was awful. It was horrendous. So,
1: and yet Beckett's just like, hey, want to come and maybe sell my life? And she's like, yeah, I'm up for that, yeah.
0: <laughs> you actually make a really good point. Like Jack was like basically offering her what like every girl would want, right? And she's like, no, I don't want that. Let's just keep yeah. being sex buddies. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, so maybe. That's cool. maybe. But. Well
1: yeah, we'll see. I don't have any predictions. Um I don't tend to do predictions. I feel like I spoil it for myself either way. Yeah. Like either either I'm disappointed because I guessed it right, and then I feel like I saw it coming and ruined it for myself. Mm-hmm. Or I get really invested in an idea and then I end up disappointed when it doesn't transpire. When it doesn't <laughs> and yeah. I think, Yeah, but it would have been so good if they'd done that. Yeah. So for sure. And like you were saying at the beginning where you said that you hope they don't kind of half ass it. Yeah. Um, I think that probably it's even harder to do predictions this, this time round because there are too many variables mm-hmm. with it being For such sure. a truncated season. I mean, there are t- I think there are too many variables. Anyway, because the, the one thing they haven't been consistent with is we never actually know where they're going to pick up the next season. Mm -hmm. So whether it's going to be the minute that Mm -hmm. we left off from the previous season or whether it's going to be three weeks later, if it's going to be 10 months later, like it was in I was just thinking about that the other day,
0: actually. Like, are we going to pick up with, like, Jack on the floor with them working on him? Are we going to pick up with him at the hospital? Like, how are we going to pick up?
1: Yeah. And we don't know how having almost half as many episodes as usual is going to affect the storytelling. So mm-hmm. if it's a truncated amount of time, will they just like tell half of the story that they were planning mm-hmm. to tell, but tell it in a little bit of a rushed way? I don't think so. I think they're too, I think they've got too good of a product to do that. And we've got to look at the new exec producers that are on board as well. I don't think Peter Page would That's, let anyone half ass anything.
0: No, I um, agree.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, do they start where they were intending to, but just do the first half and save the second half of what they were going to do for a season eight? Or do they do something similar to what they did in season five, Mm -hmm. whereas you start way into the future, Mm -hmm. like further than they would have liked to, and just do what maybe would have been part B of the season, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, but then do like the odd flashback to show what would have happened in part A if we'd got one that make sense yeah
0: it it does makes a lot of sense good points
1: so i I don't know i think that this season's probably even more of a wild card than previous seasons yeah what i do think we can say for certain though is now that we've got peter page at the helm or at least 50 percent of the helm (laughs) yes um it's gonna be absolutely phenomenal i think it's gonna be amazing it is because it's peter page Because Peter Page, and I know we're both gay than Christmas, but I love him. (laughs) You're so funny. I think we could have a beautiful lavender marriage. Yeah, yeah. I support it. Thanks. You're welcome. Um. Anything else? We could talk about the email we got. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we. Literally, um, we sat down and started doing our pre-recording chat and Tiffany said, oh, we just got an email and it literally popped in as we sat down to to chat. Um, It's lovely. It's from Sam who is in Leeds, which is up north from me. Okay. (laughs) Up north. Um, I've got some friends from Leeds. Bradford they're from Bradford um I'll try and do edited highlights um but it was really lovely so she said hi Melissa and Tiffany just wanted to take the time to send you an email to say a huge thank you for your station 19 podcast it's so good and I really hope your audience continues to grow and grow because it's exactly what us fans need especially in this time while the show's not on air until March I have a baby girl and I have absolutely loved listening to you guys talk all things Station 19. It has got me through some long nights and nap walks in the park. (laughs) Please keep doing what you're doing. You're both brilliant and I love your natural camaraderie. It's a lot of fun hearing you go back and start from the beginning as well as the characters have evolved so much. If you do another Spotlight On series, I'd love to suggest Travis and Vic. Their friendship is so beautiful and it'll be interesting to explore how it's changed over time. Mm -hmm. I'm very much enjoying the full rewatch, although please do include the beginning episodes of season six when you get to them. Mm -hmm. Would love to hear you discuss those Tash and Sully hotel room scenes. Winky face.
0: (laughs) As would I, (laughs) as would I.
1: Yeah. And she says, speaking of the wonder that is Mel Dandridge, it's very cool that Tiffany's living the dream and got to meet her twice, along with all the cast by now. Mm -hmm. And um, she goes on to say that she has watched all of Merle's back catalog now whilst on Matt leave and she's given some suggestions of shows so Greenleaf which Tiffany's already binged about 86 times I think <laughs> and Sam would also recommend The Flight Attendant, The Night Shift, Truth Be Told and The Last of Us for other Merle fans okay and um, she's put some links to some bits for Tiffany's viewing pleasure as well but I might dip in thank and have a little you. look. But yeah, so thank you so, so much, Sam, and really glad that you're enjoying the podcast. I definitely want to go back and do the beginning part of season six, don't you?
0: Oh yes, definitely, for sure. Um, and yes, thank you so much. I know Melissa and I always say, please write in, we appreciate it, but we, we actually really do appreciate emails like that. Very sweet. Yeah, we love it. Um, and it just, yeah, super kind. You guys are just so supportive, and it means the world. So,
1: my fiance was in the kitchen, hovering around like a bad smell when that email came through <laughs> initially. And as I was reading out, she was pulling faces of, of shocked approval as yeah. I was reading the email out yeah. to Tiffany. She's like, "Wow, people actually like you." Yeah, imagine that.
0: I know. So, no, you guys are great, and it just. I think it, it's just nice to know that we're not just doing this just for our pleasure, right?
1: Right. And so. I mean, don't get me wrong. Even if we only had two listeners, one of them was me and one of them was Tiffany's mom, <laughs> um, <laughs> I would still do this. Yes. But it's lovely that we reach so many people. So thank you yes, so, so, so much, is. guys. And it just, it does mean the world to us when you reach out. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yes. So, and it's always I always love hearing like how or when people listen. Like you know, Gloria's like I listen when I'm working with my horses, or like you know when this one was like baby like nap walks, or you know. I always love hearing like how people use the the podcast like to get through to you know things and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah. yeah awesome lovely to hear from you thank you yes up there in leeds (laughs) that was my attempt at leeds accent my general sort of mancunian lancashire yorkshire accent (laughs) is just exactly the same it's just an amalgamation of all of them and it's probably um offensive so i apologize (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny oh dear um, we are at the half season finale, the winter season finale. Oh, awesome. Where are we at? We're cranking through them. 207, weather the storm. Mm.
0: This was a good episode. I'm excited it to talk about it. It was a good it. episode.
1: It yeah. was a good episode. It initially aired on the 15th of November, 2018, written by Stacey McKee, who we know only writes bangers.
0: Yes, she's So we we shouldn't
1: be surprised that it was a a good one. She wrote the pilot and she wrote the season one finale. She wrote the season two opener. She wrote this one and she wrote the whole season finale as well, which I think there was only 17 episodes in this season maybe. Mm -hmm. So she wrote both finales, the mid-season and the full-season finale.
0: Okay.
1: But when we get to that full-season finale, that will be the last of Stacey McKee's credits as a writer for Station 19. I thought so.
0: She, and and she's not with the show at all anymore now, is she?
1: No. I don't think so. I mean, she's still obviously on the credits as the creator of the show. Right. And as such, she always gets a technical writing credit. Her name and Shonda Rhimes' name is um
0: It's always... It's yeah.
1: always there, but this was the last yeah. one that she actually put pen to paper. Or do people actually put pen to paper anymore? That's the, <laughs> this is the last one that she tapped away on the keyboard to, anyway. The um, director mm-hmm. is a German man. Mm. He is from Hamburg, Oliver Bockelberg, and he's actually had a really interesting career. Um, primarily, he's a cinematographer. and oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and he's actually been a cinematographer on nine episodes of Station 19, eight of which were in this season. Okay. And he's also been a cinematographer for a few other Shondaland shows. He's been a cinematographer on Grey's and Scandal, and he also served as a director on both of those shows. I think he only directed one of Grey's. I didn't make a note, but he directed 10 episodes of Scandal. Oh wow. Yeah, and this episode of Station 19 was the first of 4 that he directed and he will go on to have one directing credit per season for the next 3 seasons. Okay. So we we will be talking about Oliver Buckelberg again. Okay.
0: Ollie.
1: Ollie. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. So, shall we go on to the main body of the show? Yeah, let's do it. So, we start this one with a flash forward of Andy and Sullivan in the aid car, Mm -hmm. which is shaking in the wind, and they're being told over the radio that all roads to Grace alone are blocked. Mm -hmm. Andy's got no signal on her mobile phone, and then the aid car radio also gives out before the wind starts to blow the stationary aid car across the road. Mm -hmm. Then we rewind to five hours earlier. Mm -hmm. So there are two kind of main things going on in the background of this episode. One is the storm, and the second is... Friendsgiving. So shall we start with friendsgiving and then Um, kind of do all the other bits and bobs? Okay. So we start with Ben turning up at Miranda's. He wants to reinforce the windows because he says that even though he's not sleeping at the house, he still wants the people inside it to be safe. And things are a bit passive aggressive between them. And she asks him not to wake Tuck up. And he says that he'll hammer the nails into the boards as quietly as possible And uh, Tiffany's shaking her head. And then in a slightly more kind and reasonable tone, he says that he'll do Tuck's windows last. At the houseboat, Jack is too tired to even figure out the coffee machine. So Dean steps in in his little pinny, um, his little apron, and starts prepping food, um, moaning about the gathering that's going to be happening on the houseboat. And he says that he's done it for Warren because he's been the sad face emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Travis uh, turns up at the houseboat with Grant, which initially annoys Dean because it's an extra person. But then he realizes that Grant's a chef who knows chef things. and He's suddenly relieved to have him on board. Warren and Maya arrive next and that's when we find out that A, it's Friendsgiving, which Warren says is better than Thanksgiving because it's all the fun with none of the pressure. And B, we learn about the storm because Maya doesn't think that in a house on exposed water is possibly the best shout (laughs) of a place to take shelter. Um, Next, Ryan and Pruitt turn up and Ryan says that he hopes Dean doesn't mind. Uh, Spoiler alert, Dean very much minds Um, (laughs) that he's brought his dad with him. And then Jack welcomes them to his home. Uh, (laughs) And then he kind of quickly adds that it's his home with Dean and Warren, and yes. then Dean decides that Greg is actually welcome too when he hands over a very nice bottle of tequila for Dean's legendary margaritas um I actually have a bottle in my liquor cabinet that looks yeah that looks suspiciously similar to this one. And if it is the same bottle of um, Reservade Añejo that I've got, then Dean is very, very right to make Greg very, very welcome because that is a dang good bottle of tequila. Pruitt then shakes Dean's hand, and as Dean walks away, Pruitt keeps a tight hold of it and then pulls Dean back, saying to him quite threateningly that he lives on the water and he sometimes has guys over and that Pruitt is a guy Mm -hmm. and likes water. Mm (laughs) Um, Vic is the next one to arrive and Dean asks pleadingly if she's bringing anyone and again the lady doth protest too much because she, shes so she's, funny. she's like why would you ask that why would I bring one why 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 it's just, and weird. then uh, and then she's exactly yeah. she's the one that tells Dean not to be weird yeah. mm-hmm. okay Vic um Andy is the last to arrive and she has a bit of an awkward exchange with Ryan on seeing his dad there. And so then goes straight over to Vic and Maya and starts taking out her frustrations on a stick of celery, telling them that Ryan is frustrating, as was her coffee meeting with Sullivan that morning, which Maya is shocked about. <laughs> She's like, what? Coffee? Sullivan? What? <laughs> <laughs> um But Vic, again, very quickly jumps to Andy's defence, saying that people have lives outside of the station and that Andy has not broken any laws. Um, And with that, everyone's phones ring, and it's Sullivan saying that B-Shift are stranded, so they are all being called in. Mm -hmm. So now at the station, Travis, Dean, Ben and Vic are taking inventory, and Ben is very upset that Friendsgiving was ruined. But Vic says for the benefit of Dean that it's fine because they'll come over to the houseboat and help him celebrate after the next shift and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that. that. But luckily for Dean, Greg has decided to save Friendsgiving Mm -hmm. and he, Pruitt, Grant and Ryan have brought all of the food to the station because Greg says that it would be a crime not to celebrate and he should know. I actually really liked that scene. That was very cute when they all like looked to Ryan like, can we laugh? Please can we laugh? Yeah. (laughs) It was really good. And then stuff happens that we'll talk about in a later bit, but in the beanery at the end of the day, after all of the calls and all of the drama is done, Dean apologises to Ben for his lack of enthusiasm for Friendsgiving, but explains that he can't remember the last family gathering where he didn't make his margaritas but his father is no longer returning his calls and he's struggling knowing that his family is celebrating without him. Yes. Um, I know it feels like I probably missed out a giant chunk of stuff there because I kind of separated you know, everything else that happens, like Travis and Grant and Vic and Ripley and the calls and everything else into their, into their own sort of little separate bits. So with regard to the celebration itself, have we got anything more to say?
0: No, I think for what you were trying to summarize, I think that was that was pretty much, like, more will come later yeah. when we hit it. But no, I think that was good.
1: So shall we start with Travis and Grant just to get sure. it out of the way? Yeah. Just Fabulous. to get it out because, of the way. Yeah, because honestly, it feels at this point like the writers have been signaling the end of Travis and Grant since before they even started. Yes, And this episode presented reason 856 for those who are counting (laughs) um, as to why Travis and Grant are a bad fit. So in the beanery, Greg asks Travis and Grant how long they have been married, Mm -hmm. which causes Travis to almost choke on his food. But because Travis still wears Michael's ring, Greg obviously assumed that he was married to Grant. Yeah. And then in the engine on the way to a call, Travis asks Warren and Dean's opinion on Grant's reaction to Greg's suggestion that they were married. And everyone agrees that Grant was quite emphatic in saying no. And Travis it seems to be trying to convince himself that he doesn't care, saying that it's too early to be married, so it doesn't matter.
0: I love Travis there when he was like, no, 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 no. He just pulled that off so well.
1: Yeah, and then Greg was like, oh, is it a promise ring? And he was like, oh, let's go with that. Yeah. But what is a promise ring? What is that? That sounds like an American thing. I don't think we wear promise rings over here.
0: Yeah, it's like you're promising to commit to each other and only each other, but it's not like an engagement ring. Or, yeah, it's like um, they were big when I was in middle school, but they're not really that big anymore over here.
1: Okay, so that's the same as an engagement ring, no?
0: I don't know. But it's not. It. It's not that serious. Okay, they're kind of pointless, honestly. <laughs> they are. It was kind of sounding that way, but yeah, they they pretty are, are pretty pointless.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah. So Travis is like trying to tell the guys. He's trying to tell Warren and Dean that it doesn't matter saying it's too early to be married so it doesn't matter Mm. but before the conversation can go much further a tree comes crashing through the windscreen of the engine and it saves us all from the further flogging of a very dead horse um (laughs) not loving it um then after the incident back in the beanery travis is glad to be back and smelling what grant says might be his masterpiece meal um travis asks Grant if he's okay with what Greg said earlier and Grant says it's a non-issue for him because he never saw himself as the marrying type before moving on and then talking about the stuffing but Travis doesn't appear to have moved on so quickly and he seems a bit sort of taken aback or disappointed or something about this statement Mm -hmm. did I hit all the main Travis and Grant points
0: yes the 12 no's was the biggest part <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, what would you like to say about Travis and Grant at this point?
0: <laughs> I think they just need to—they just need to pull a plug, man. I mean, it's just come on.
1: Yep, it's just dragging on so much, it is. isn't it?
0: It is, and it's not at this point. It's not adding anything. It's not. No, it's really it's not. just. Except annoyance, and it's they just seem to end it. That's it.
1: Oh, I'm really glad it's not just me, but it also just (laughs) seems really I don't understand it because I I go from thinking, well, Travis is just making mountains out of molehills out of things, and then I'm like not really understanding why he's so upset about things that are happening in the relationship, and like Mm -hmm. I'm wondering why he hasn't ended it yet. Mm -hmm. And like their whole thing is like he didn't really want to go out with Grant in the first place. And he said it was because of the nature of his job and what that would mean for another person. But then he agreed to go out with him anyway. And then he said he wanted to take it super slow. And then he immediately, almost immediately decided that he didn't want to take it slow. Right. And on Grant's end, despite convincing Travis that he was absolutely fine with going out of a firefighter because it was just one day at a time and they weren't married yet and all the stuff, as soon as Travis got hurt, he went into panic mode. And now he's like all clingy and yeah. didn't want Travis to go back to work. And then because of Travis's injury occurring so early in the relationship, they missed out on all the like the spiciness and went straight yeah. to the unsexy sponge bath. <laughs> but then for whatever reason, they've like really struggled to get their sex life back on track. And so then Travis was stressing out about that. And now that appears to be on the up. Uh, pardon the expression. Um, wait. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> but now Travis seems to be like I know sorry I apologise but now like Travis is having pause of thought about Grant's disinterest in marriage despite all the problems that have gone before and him telling Warren and Miller that it's too early to think about marriage and the fact that he's still wearing his late husband's wedding ring like it's just it's all uh, everything just feels really disjointed and I'm just a bit bored of it all, which is a shame because I really love Travis. But yeah, this this relationship and all of its like myriad problems are just a snooze fest for me at this point. And he just clearly should not be with Grant. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, I'm, I'm finished being grumpy now. Good, thank you. It's not just me then. <laughs> I, I felt like I was being like ultra cynical, and I was like, "It's fine," because Tiffany's going to put me back on track. But it's not. It's <laughs> it, it's just crap in it. <laughs>
0: No, it's just they're, I don't know. I never really thought that they were a good, they just never really had that chemistry for me, honestly. And so it's just been, I don't know, just awkward relationship that I feel like was just a filler and just not a big fan of. So I'm ready for it to be over. No,
1: me too. Shall we talk about your favorite pairing of Ryan and Greg? (laughs) You're so cute. Again, I'm trying to get out early doors for you so we can move on to better things. I can tell. So um, as we know, Greg has joined Ryan for Friendsgiving on the houseboats, but Ryan disappears. He's excused himself, basically, and Pruitt manages to track him down in a bedroom where he's looking at a federal arrest warrant sent to the whole of Seattle PD from the FBI who've tracked his dad from Florida and he confides in Pruitt that this was supposed to be the first holiday together with his dad in a very long time. And now he doesn't really know what he's supposed to do. Like, is he supposed to arrest him or like... Right, right. But Pruitt, God bless his heart, turns the phone screen off and says he hasn't heard a thing. And Ryan hasn't seen a thing because he's off duty and signals Spotty due to the storm. And so he should just go back to the party and enjoy the holiday with his dad. And then when Andy turns up, Ryan tells her that Greg was telling the truth about why he didn't turn up to the cafe. And he seems to be kind of taking Greg's side in the whole Andy-Greg contretemps from last week because he says he doesn't want to get into what he heard Andy say to Greg right now. Right. Then when Friendsgiving moves to the station, Pruitt and Greg reminisce about a storm way back when, and Pruitt's kind of remembering having to board up Greg's windows. Greg's remembering having to clear some branches for Pruitt because he'd been called off to work. And Pruitt says, well, look, we've remembered things very differently, but let's settle our differences over a game of cards. And Pruitt tries to encourage Ryan to join in because he's just not really present, is he? Because he's kind of so worried about... Yeah. The arrest warrant. Yep. And then eventually, uh, after Ryan does yet another disappearing act, Greg tracks him down to the barn, and Ryan finally tells Greg about the warrant of his arrest. And he tells his dad that he basically has a choice of two evils, either arrest him or let him go, no questions asked. But if he does let him go, that means that they can never see each other again.
0: Right. It's tough.
1: I mean, you've had some strong feelings about Ryan and Greg and particularly like the writing of their scenes. What do you think about their interactions in this episode?
0: This episode I thought was fair. Um, I I didn't think that it was, I didn't think it was boring. Usually that's my biggest complaint is I think it's boring. You get or, bored. <laughs> yeah, I get bored. It's like snooze fest. Um, but I didn't think this one was, I, th- I liked seeing, um, Ryan's emotions about it because it shows that he still cares even if he doesn't think he does. Yeah. Um, and I liked seeing his dad's kind of selflessness about it. Kind of like, yeah. you know, you know what, that you have to do this. This is something you have to do. And so I, I actually liked the interaction, um, for, uh, for them in this episode. I thought it was written well. And I thought it was it was nice to see and the actual father son relationship.
1: Yes, yeah. what did you think? Oh, I just I just feel for Ryan so much. Yeah, yeah. you see, you can't help who your parents are. You can't help the situation right. you're born into. And he has really drawn the short straw when it comes to fathers, hasn't he? Yeah. And Greg yes he's coming to the realization but he's realized far too late that his actions not only have consequences for himself but but also for his family and and particularly his son and as much as he wants to try now and he said you know i wanted to come back while i still can it is just far too little far too late isn't it and now he's put ryan in this horrendous position i mean what do you think the right move is for ryan which of the two choices of arrest him and let him go do you think he could best live with?
0: Um, you know, that's so hard because it's like, you're looking at it at the guilt of turning him in as a son or the the righteous thing to do as a cop, right? Yeah. And so what's the right thing to do? um, I think the... I think the right thing to do would have been, unfortunately, to turn him in because, I mean, that's his bed and he needs to lay in it and face the like, like he told Ryan, they're going to catch up to him eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the writing for the, the relationship in this episode?
1: In this episode, it, was, it yeah. was good. I don't think it's hit the full stride of it yet. I think this was just like a setup for what's to come. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so I liked that it left us with that ambiguity where he says... We are left with like Sophie's choice, you know, right. do I arrest you or do I let you go? And if right. I let you go, that's the end of us. Right. So I, I thought it was good that they left it with that ambiguity. Mm-hmm. That was good.
0: That's a good, that's a good way to look at it. I like, I like the way you worded, I like the way you worded that.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. What do you think you would do in Ryan's situation? If it were me and my mom yeah.
0: see that's so hard because in that like when you said the way you worded it it really got me thinking because if i if i were to say if i let you go i can never see you again it's almost like i'd rather have you be in prison where i can come see you yeah than to have you go and i i can never see you ever again yeah like, even though I don't want you to be in prison, at least I can see you. You know what I mean?
1: And exactly. So
0: it, and so I'd hate to say it, but I'd almost rather turn her in so I can see her than yeah. knowing she's out there and knowing I can never see her again. Like, that would that would be hard.
1: And with Greg as well, it's not like it's unjust.
0: <laughs> R- right. Right. <laughs>
1: You know, like we've both been very, very blessed. Your mum's an absolute saint and my parents are absolutely fantastic people. And Mm -hmm. so I've had a gorgeous childhood. Mm -hmm. And they've got like a great track record of parenting. But Greg's been crap (laughs) consistently throughout the whole of Ryan's life. Yes,
0: and Ryan put him in this situation.
1: Yeah. And I guess Ryan's having like a little bit of a change of heart because it is that old adage, thank you, Joni. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yeah. And he nearly lost his dad. Mm -hmm. And so maybe now he's kind of realizing what a world would be like without his dad in it and all the stuff, you know, kind of forgiving him a little bit for his childhood. But the arrest isn't isn't without substance. Like he's committed multiple felonies. (laughs) So... He deserves it. And, and as I say, it's not like Ryan owes him anything. Right. Yeah. If anything, it's the other way around. Yeah. And I like that you put it on Greg, because I think if I were Greg, I would do the honorable thing and hand myself in. Right. Because yeah. that takes the impossible decision out of Ryan's hands. It's cruel to leave it in Ryan's hands. It it's is. cruel for him to have to make that decision.
0: Yeah. So
1: it, it takes it out of Ryan's hands. It doesn't compromise Ryan professionally. And it means that they can maintain some semblance of a relationship, even if it is just Ryan visiting him in prison. Mm-hmm. And as it is, all that's left in front of him is, is a life on the run with no prospect of ever seeing his son again. Right. So I just think all around just hand yourself in
0: yeah it's not fair to put that on on your, his son's plate that's not that's very selfish of him to do that
1: yeah and so yeah i think the strong parenting move here is just hand yourself in
0: yeah i agree
1: 100% anything more for the very handsome italian man and his kind of handsome dad <laughs> you're so funny
0: Um, Not for this episode, no.
1: Okay. Shall we move on to Jack? Yes, let's move on to Jack. It was a big old episode for Jack, wasn't it? The last episode sort of laid the groundwork for us for this one, um, with Jack saying to Vic that he wasn't sleeping. And then this week, we really see the progression of that. Mm -hmm. And so on the houseboat, we'd seen him so tired that he couldn't figure out how to make himself a coffee even. And then Mm. the next time we see him is in the turnout room when he walks in on Vic and Ripley. And Vic asks Jack if he's cool. And he says he is and sort of tries to come up with a code name for Ripley. But when Vic pushes, he loses cool completely and walks away, which prompts Vic to go and ask Warren if he thinks Jack's okay because mm-hmm. um, she says that he seems very on edge and Warren tells her that he's hardly sleeping, that he, the, guy, the dude barely sleeps. Um, but the, their conversation gets interrupted by a call coming in, so Vic can't kind of explore that any further. When everyone goes out on the calls, Jack as the ranking member of 19 in Sullivan's absence is tasked with staying at the station and holding down the fort. But he's visibly stressed at the station. Mm-hmm. And Pruitt is the one that picks up on that. Right. And sort of asks him about it. But he tells Pruitt that he doesn't like feeling trapped. Yeah. Before he walks away. And he just can't relax and he's obsessively watching the news coverage of the storm on mm. TV and he's waiting for an update from the team. And again, Pruitt's the one that tries to calm him by saying that everyone knows what they're doing and that's right. why they're not calling in, that no news is good news. Right. But Jack's anger gets the better of him when Greg starts bragging about how proud he was for Ryan when he stole his credit card to buy Andy the plane <laughs> ticket to New York yeah. when he was 12. But Ryan is less proud of it. And Jack ends up shoving Greg across the room aggressively when he won't stop talking about it. And then Pruitt tracks him down, pacing around in the locker rooms, Mm -hmm. and kind of calmly asks him when all of this started and tries to tell Jack that it's not safe for him to be at work in his condition. But Jack just screams at him to let him sleep before walking into a bunk, and Pruitt kind of quite resignedly just closes the door. Yeah. But Jack is probably reaching the end of his tether now, isn't he? It's yeah, he kind is. of got to the stage where he can't yeah. mask or hide what's happening yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, and then throughout the day he's had increasingly violent outbursts. So it starts relatively innocuously with Vic, and then he gets physical with Greg and then he screams at Pruitt. So it's really Starting to build now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And Vic finally <laughs> sees what Dean was trying to talk to her about a couple of episodes ago. Because you remember Dean tried to have a word with Vic and she sort of brushed it off. Yeah. yeah. But she can see it now as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think it's full-blown PTSD? What do you think is going on with him? Yeah, I
0: mean, at this point, yeah, I think because he... he went so long without talking to anybody about it. I do think it is. And I think it's um, you know, it's definitely, I mean, he faced a significant trauma and did not talk to anybody about that. He's definitely got, I mean, he's got the sweating, the lack of sleep, the agitation. Yeah. And and he's even, I mean, it's like he's constantly triggered, you know, um, as somebody that has a PTSD diagnosis, you know, you can have times where you're you're fine, and you just get it when you get triggered by something. But he's like constantly in a state of of trigger, you know, of being yeah. triggered. And so he's definitely. I mean, like, I would say if there was a step above PTSD, that's where he's at. I mean, he's just. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, miserable. I mean, he's just. I don't think he should be working. Honestly, I think no, I mean,
1: which is what Pruitt said. He said he said yeah. it's dangerous for you to be a yeah. work like this. So yeah, absolutely. For sure. But thank God for Pruitt. I'm really pleased that he yeah. was there to try and keep Jack calm. Yeah. And also the fact that, and I genuinely can't remember how this plays out, but Pruitt being the kind of man he is, I'm fairly confident that Pruitt will be instrumental in getting Jack the help. I don't I don't think that he will let it fester.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I've got a feeling that Pruitt's going to be somebody that kind of helps to move Jack on. Yeah. And as I say, I genuinely can't remember how that plays out because I wasn't sufficiently bothered the first time around, but I've got a bit more stock in Jack now. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think that he he's definitely gonna be instrumental in getting him the help he needs for sure.
1: Any more about Jackie boy? Not, not, not for this one. Shall we turn our attention to Vickley? Is that what they call them? Vickley.
0: Vickley. Oh, I love them.
1: They are
0: gorgeous. They are.
1: In all of the ways.
0: Let me count the ways.
1: (laughs) We start this block with Vic sitting on her bed with Ripley's contact open on her phone and her thumb is hovering over the call button. Mm -hmm. And then when she's called into work she's surprised and slightly panicked to see that Ripley is at 19 (laughs) and Jack shoots her a bit of a knowing look and then they find themselves together and alone in the turnout room and Ripley tells Vic that he hopes she knows that he chose to come to 19 because of its central location and not as an excuse to see her and she sarcastically says that that would be terrible
0: and yeah. looks at
1: him kind of doe-eyed as they both say that it's important to be professional whilst they're at work. And then they're interrupted by Jack coming in. So everyone just sort of shuffles around awkwardly until Ripley leaves. hmm And then a call comes in and Ripley says that he's going to attend it and puts himself in the engine with Maya and Vic. Mm-hmm. And so in said engine, Maya is waxing lyrical about how much she admires Ripley's leadership style, being in the trenches with them, and that that's the leadership style that she hopes to emulate. And then Vic adds that she admires it too, especially the part where he chose to ride with them specifically. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next we see of them, they've had to stop because of a felled tree in the road. And Ripley delegates tasks to everyone, sending Maya, Travis, Dean, and Ben onto the incident location, whilst he and Vic wield chainsaws to dispatch of the tree that's in the road, making sure that they tell each other just how professional their enjoyment of the chainsaw teamwork is. <laughs> that was so funny that part. That was funny. Then um back at 19 post-instant, they find each other in the turnout room alone again. Both complement each other's chainsaw-wielding aesthetic. And Vic wants Ripley to lock the door because she says she's done being professional for the day and she thinks yep. he is too. He reminds her that he's the chief and she says that mentioning his rank basically implies a lack of consent on her part, but she is very much consenting yes. and tells him authoritatively to lock the door. And he does as he's told. He and does, your we- sense. And then we have a very steamy scene with Vic pressed up against the um, turnout cages. Then later, Ripley comes into the beanery where Vic and the others are just sitting down to dinner and asks if if he can join them. But before he sits, he says that he's got an announcement to make, which again incites panic in Vic. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the look on her face. Yeah, but the announcement isn't about them and their relationship. It's about something else, which we will talk about later. Yes. Did I hit all the main Vickley bits? Anything yes. you want to bring up?
0: I loved the the scene when when she was like, "And I'm consenting." I loved that scene in the in the turnout room. I just loved them together. It was a
1: it was a great room. There should basically yeah. be a picture of Barrett Doss and Brett Tucker staring at each other in the dictionary yeah. next to the word chemistry.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were they were perfect together.
1: Um I mean you can't like manufacture that you can't no that's just a naturally occurring thing like they are just yeah. fantastic yeah they are um so he told Maya in the barn that he was spending time at a few stations during the course of the day do you think that that's something that he would usually do, or do you think that he's decided to to do that as an excuse to keep an eye on Vic and make sure that she's safe, despite his protestations to Vic that that isn't why he's there?
0: No, I think it's definitely to see Vic for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't see I don't see it any other way.
1: And then, similarly, do you think that he's leading by example and wanting to get his hands dirty? um because he's that kind of chief when he goes on the call or do you think you know and like i guess he does love getting involved you know because he does love the job and i guess it is boring riding a desk so i, I you could argue that that's why he decides to go on the call or again do you think that it's so that he can keep an eye on Vic from the, from the engine i you know i would say
0: i think it's a little bit of both but i think it's it's like 70-30, and it's like 70% to keep an eye on Vic. 70-Vic, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Fair, fair. Um, he grounds the fire department, doesn't he, after the yeah. successful yeah. call. If he hadn't essentially ordered himself to stay at 19 for safety reasons, by grounding FD, <laughs> do you think he would have like moved on to 23 or oh, somewhere no. else? No. No and shared himself out like he told Maya he was going to do or do you think he would have found another reason like another legit reason to stay at 19? I don't think he was ever planning on making rounds ever (laughs)
0: like I don't think think that was ever part of his actual plan.
1: Me neither I think that he was just really good at coming up with reasons to stay.
0: Yeah for sure.
1: And um what did you think about their um Game of Scrabble in the turnout room. I mean, like undoubtedly, undeniably, it was steamy. But it was definitely unprofessional and risky. I mean, that said, I don't think Vic was giving him much of a choice. <laughs> I think lock the yeah, door. I- he wasn't given much of a choice, was he? But but does it slightly lower your opinion of him as the chief? Because I, I mean you wouldn't see that sort of behaviour on Natasha Ross's watch, I'm just saying. Well, nobody can compare it to Natasha Ross.
0: Um it it didn't lower my respect of him, but it it shocked me that he was willing to risk that the way that he the way that he did. It was um, super risky. It it was. And that really shocked me. Um, but I mean, it's Barrett Doss. I like, I mean, can you blame the guy?
1: I mean, anyone would have jumped to attention did that look in her eye. Lock the door. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I don't, I, I can't really, I don't remember like thinking, you know, like that my view of him changed. I just remember being shocked that he did that. Yeah. That he like actually did it. Because when he walks to the door, you don't right you don't know right away that he's actually going to lock it. Like he, he could have just opened the door and and walked out. Like at that point, you know what I mean. Yeah. But when he actually locks it and turns around, you're like, oh, okay, then. I guess that's where <laughs> we're going with this. So, it it definitely shocked me for sure.
1: Yeah. Anything more for Vic and Ripley? No. No. They're just cute. They're so cute. Um, Shall we move on to the incidents? Yes. Okay. So as we know, uh, the team's been called away from Friendsgiving. Both Ripley and Sullivan are waiting for them when they all file into the barn. Sullivan says he wants to go over some rules and Andy jumps straight in and says that they know storm protocols. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on, Andy. Um, But Ripley backs Sullivan up and says that a quick review never hurts. And then he gives them all some instructions about packing extra everything, taking care of themselves, blah, blah, blah. That's when he tells Maya that he's going to be there for a chunk of the day. Maya seems rattled by Ripley being there because she says that she She has her interview with him later that week, but Andy says that today should be the perfect opportunity to show Ripley what she's got. Mm -hmm. Then an aid car call comes in, which Ripley delegates to Jack and Maya, but Sullivan says that as the captain, he should be the first one out. And Andy tells Maya that she should stay near Ripley so she can impress him. So she goes with Sullivan instead. And then Ripley, as we know, attends the next call with the rest of 19, mm. apart from Jack, who's staying in the station. Mm. Um, so despite the fact that I actually think that the call that Ripley and co. go on was Ripley better and go. more dramatic <laughs> than Andy and Sullivan's call, just for flow, shall we start with Ripley, Vic, Meyer, and those yes. guys? Cool. Yeah. Okay. So we shall call that Incident One. Um, so' How
0: creative.
1: I know. <laughs> All my creative juice is gone. It went into the shirts and now I'm, now I'm drained. <laughs> it incident the One shirts. is the best that I can come up with. I love it. So, so again, as we already know, Ripley, Vic and Maya are in one engine. And they, I guess, must be traveling behind the other engine that contains Travis, Dean and Ben. Because on their way to the incident, a tree comes crashing through the windscreen of the boys-only engine. So that's why I'm guessing that one must have been in the front. But now both engines are stuck because there's no getting around the tree. So Ripley splits the team into two groups with everyone but Vic taking supplies to the rescue location on foot, whilst he and Vic flirt and work on taking the tree apart with chainsaws, which we've already visited. Mm -hmm. So if we follow Maya and co, they reach the victim who is on his driveway in his car, which is now under a tree. (laughs) And his wife says that she would quite like them to get her husband out as quickly as they can and uninjured so that she can then kill him. <laughs> um, <laughs> because he's disappeared into the car for some peace and quiet and he'd actually been stuck under the tree for two hours before he even tried to call for help. And then his mother comes out and starts bickering with his wife and they're talking to him as a go-between and then we start to understand why he would rather be stuck under a tree in his car on his driveway than in the house. Then, in the uh, yeah. Yeah. Then Dean, I want to be alone, Greta Garbo Miller empathizes <laughs> yeah. with the man in the car saying that his driveway is Dean's margarita station. And then Warren kind of gets a bit grumpy with Dean saying, well, so you basically ditch your family all day kind of thing. And Dean says, no, no, no. He removes himself from all of the complications and that everyone is happy to see the guy that brings a drink. And that's kind yeah. of just his way of coping. Yeah. Um, with that, uh, the wife brings the guy trapped in the car a snack plate at his mother's insistence because she says that his mother appears to think that it's her job to dote on everybody in the house, including him who is a grown-ass man, who should be getting his own snacks. I actually did think that was quite funny when she was like, you can get your own snacks. And he was like, well, not right now. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Divorce papers, that's what you'd be getting for Christmas, mate, from yep. me. But um, they start having an argument about his mother moving in because the mother has apparently invited herself to do so in order to help with the babies. But the wife says that she doesn't actually help. She just criticizes their parenting. Yeah. But her husband has not uninvited his mother. And uh, then we hear the mother, mother mother-in-law, whoever, Ruth. Her name's Ruth. Let's go with Ruth. We hear (laughs) Ruth over the baby monitor undermining their parenting techniques and so the wife goes in to take over and as she does she trips over a wire the wire for their festoon lights causing a spark which then sets fire to the house and this leaves Maya who's taken charge of the scene with three problems to solve because they need to evacuate the house They need to extricate the guy from the car. And and now they need to put the fire out with just the four of them and the equipment that they were able to carry from the engines. So they've got no water, no oxygen. So that's not very useful. (laughs) Um, Travis runs into the house and manages to rescue the wife slash mother. Warren Mm. finds the grandmother, Ruth, cradling the twins And she implores Warren to take the babies and says she'll be fine. And Warren Mm -hmm. says, Come, you know, follow me. And he explodes out of the house with the babies in his arms. But she hasn't followed him. Ruth hasn't followed him. So he takes a huge breath and runs back in to save Ruth with no breathing equipment. But they end up trapped in an upstairs bedroom because the fire kind of engulfs them and they've got no exit. Um, yeah. But then we hear the sirens blare and Maya calls to Warren over the radio to hang on because yeah. they have bottles and they're coming for him. So Ripley and Vic have driven up in the engine, hence the sirens blaring. And we see Ripley anxiously staring at the door before Warren comes out, followed by Maya and Vic carrying a limp roof. And the husband slash son calls out to ask his mum if she's okay, to which his mm. wife, in, a, in an exasperated tone, has now done a, a she's done a full one eighty on her opinion of her mother-in-law, and she says to her husband, yeah. "No, of course she's not okay," and tells him not to aggravate Ruth because she's in a fragile state. <laughs>
0: that that um, seems so funny.
1: It was funny. Maya tells everyone that their job is not over and gives them all their orders, as well as congratulating Warren, despite Ripley. The chief of the whole fire department being right there. Right. (laughs) Um, But he doesn't seem to mind at all. And he kind of smiles at Myers kind of taking charge. And he calls dispatch with an update and says to ground Seattle FD until further notice. Then safely back at 19, they all sit down to eat, which is when Ripley asks if he can join them and says he's got the announcement. And then he tells everyone that although it is not yet official based on everything that they've done together during the course of the day, he intends to promote Maya to lieutenant. Mm -hmm. However, their celebrations are short lived because he follows this up with the fact that an opening has come up in 23 and he's going to start the transfer ASAP. Then Maya leaves a voicemail with Andy to say that she has some news for her and she asks her where she is. So where is Andy? Where is she? Where could she possibly be? Where could she possibly be? So I don't have a great deal to say about the victims or anything. There wasn't much depth to any of the characters or interactions in this one. Like it had some funny lines, but I don't feel like they wanted us to focus on the victims or that the victims were there to teach us anything. I think that, that our focus was drawn to Maya's leadership and maybe Warren's bravery slash stupidity slash cavalier attitude towards his own life. (laughs) Um, But I do feel like it was mainly kind of like, look what Maya can do this scene. Yeah. I don't know what your feelings are about that.
0: No, I agree. There there wasn't too much to say about it, honestly. I mean, it wasn't that long of an incident. It wasn't that... There wasn't too much. I mean, it. There was some comedic relief with with the the wife and how she switched from the mother in law, you know, to the you know, give her space. She has smoke severe smoke inhalation, like repeating what yeah. they were you know were saying. But I mean, that was it. It wasn't. There wasn't too much to say about it, honestly. And um, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for that incident for incident one.
1: Yeah. I love that Maya just instinctively took point and that the others instinctively yeah. just took her lead, no questions asked. Yeah. Ripley didn't say, you guys go on foot to the incident and Maya's in charge. It right. was just, it she just literally instinctively took charge and nobody seemed to be upset with that situation i mean like dean and travis technically just by virtue of longevity i think dean and travis have seniority over her Mm -hmm. but everyone just automatically falls in line behind her
0: right right
1: so that uh,
0: that speaks volumes to the respect that they have for her
1: too and her leadership sure. skills, because that's a yeah. skill in and of itself. I mean, you can mm-hmm. be fantastic at the job, but have no, uh, the practicalities of the job, but have no people skills. But right. the fact that everyone just kind of just like mm-hmm, lies in charge, cool. And mm-hmm. and just, and doesn't question it. kind of says a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, does she smash it or does she smash it?
0: Right. No, I agree. That that was very well done in, for her part too.
1: And then again, when... Ripley makes the announcement that she's been made lieutenant. Mm-hmm. You don't see one doubting face. Everyone's just completely overjoyed. So they clearly all think that it's the right call, that it's well, the, the, the right decision to all, promote they her. They
0: all switch to being sad too
1: at the thought exactly. of losing her. As soon as right? he says, as soon as he says yeah. off you trundle to 23, just yeah. it, it, immediately everyone, not only Ben, Ever. is the yeah. sad face emoji. Y- yeah, and so that speaks
0: to as well to maya so um a lot of respect for maya in this episode
1: which is what we like to see (laughs) um anything else about that or should we move on to incident two
0: no i think incident one is i think i don't think there's much more to say about incident one
1: okay so (laughs) on to incident two Andy's day with Sullivan did not start at 19 because she had met him outside a, a coffee truck for their chat. And yes. because it wouldn't be coffee with Sullivan unless it was awkward, she asks <laughs> if they want to find a bench somewhere. And he says that, no, just stand by the street. It's fine. We'll just stand by the tree. Yeah.
0: How weird is that? Like, no, this is good. We'll just stand right here, right by this.
1: Yeah. right here. <laughs> so... um. So- And uh, then he sort of launches into his bit about not feeling in sync with the team. And so she suggests leaving his office from time to time (laughs) and um, maybe sharing meals with them. And he says that Pruitt told him the same thing and she says that she and her dad are a lot alike and that she's not sure how she feels about that sometimes. Yeah. And, And then says, see, look, I shared something about myself and now maybe you should share something about yourself. But then she takes it a little bit too far with her handy suggestions of what he might share, yeah. like why he left Seattle, why he's back, yeah. who are his people, etc., etc., And that just yeah. completely scares him off. And he says yeah. that he should be going and that he'll see her on shift. And then he does a bunk.
0: Yeah. When, when she, yeah she, and Andy looks understandably confused, like what just happened? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But maybe, I mean, look – the baseline that we're going from is he thinks that opening up is telling people that you make smoothies. So perhaps right. going straight in there with, like, why'd you leave? Why are you back? Who are your people? Yeah, <laughs> <Is> that was <laughs> overwhelming to him. Yeah. A little bit much. intense. A little yeah. bit intense. Understandable. So on shift, as we know, when the call for the aid car comes in, Sullivan puts himself forward as the captain. And then Andy swaps himself out with Maya. So now the awkwardness can continue into the workday. day. Mm-hmm. So they go out to this call, which appears to be to a single vehicle collision, which has happened on the same stretch of road where Sullivan's wife died. And yep. the victim's been thrown from her car and she's lying lifeless under the viaduct, which inevitably causes Sullivan to have flashbacks to mm-hmm. his wife's accident. Yep. Then when they get to the girl under the viaduct, Shannon, her name is Shannon, um, she's surprisingly alert and perky, and she says she's having the worst birthday ever because prior to the accident, her birthday brunch with her boyfriend turned into a breakup brunch, and it turns out that her accident was caused by a hit and run. It wasn't a single vehicle Mm -hmm. collision. It's just that it's the only vehicle left after the collision. Yeah. And Andy notices when Sullivan sort of comments that the road has been a death trap for years. Yeah. So she picks up on his little clue. And then Andy and Sullivan fight against the elements to get Shannon into the aid car, where Andy's worried that Shannon has compartment syndrome. So Sullivan tries to radio dispatch to find out which hospital they can take her to, but comms are down. And Andy says, the last they heard, Grace Lone was inaccessible. So they explained to Shannon that if they don't cut her leg open right now, she could possibly lose it. And she says she doesn't want to lose the leg. So they hack in, Shannon screams, mm-hmm. and I pass out because I'm a wuss that can't handle stuff like that. <laughs> Did not enjoy that. Your wording <laughs> and- is just so funny. To- they hack in. <laughs> <laughs> and then I keel over. Yeah. Um, Andy and Sullivan decide to wait for the all clear before transporting the now stable Shannon but Andy's starving so she passes Sullivan a protein bar and takes one for herself I'm hungry now I saw you eating potato salad and now we're talking about protein bars focus Melissa I love potato salad it was
0: it was my mom's German potato salad it's so good Oh,
1: did she put like cornichons in it and stuff
0: mm-hmm. oh man
1: yeah. I love German potato salad.
0: I'll have her make some when you come. When you come, you. Visit, you're welcome.
1: Thank you. I would just like literally eat. Mm. I don't even need anything with potato salad. No, Julia's I like, don't either. Julia's like, Do you want something on the side of that? I'm like, No, I'm good.
0: No, <laughs> just give me a bowl of potato salad.
1: I just need a spoon. <laughs> and to be alone.
0: <laughs> don't look I need at a me. long time. I need a long yeah. time with this potato salad.
1: Yeah. Um, Yes, but Andy and Sullivan are, are eating rather boring protein bars. And then Andy jokes that they're, they're kind of sharing a meal together. Yeah, their first um, meal. And it seems like it's a little bit of an icebreaker because Sullivan then confides in her that he never used to be as closed off as he is now, but something mm-hmm. bad happened to him, happened to mm-hmm. his person, right there on that street, and that yeah. she didn't fare as well as Shannon is faring. Yeah. And he says that he thought enough time had passed and that he didn't know that coming back to Seattle would be this hard. Yeah. And because it's TV and conversations always are interrupted, um, their conversation is interrupted um, <laughs> by uh, the radio signal coming back just long enough for dispatch to tell them that they're basically stranded. Yes. And with that, the wind starts to blow the aid car across the road. Yes. And um, after we hear Maya leave that voicemail for Andy asking her where she is, we flash to the aid car's last location where we Mm -hmm. see tire marks stretching across the road and disappearing Mm -hmm. off the edge. And we pan to see the aid car on its side at the bottom of a ravine.
0: Yep. Ah, We did it at the same time. (laughs) That made me happy. I liked seeing... Sullivan open up to Andy. Um, yeah, I thought the scene was was very well done. I liked. Um, I don't know. I just kind of liked the vulnerability they started to show in Sullivan in that in the aid car. Um, yes, it really was nice to see, and I think Andy appreciated it as well um, because she's always been pretty, you know, vulnerable, and so to get finally get that in return. And to give a greater understanding, right, for even us to get an understanding of yeah. Sullivan, it kind of took that that villain off of him a little bit because before he's he just been this villain, and um, and it kind of surprised me when when he asked her what she would what she would do, and she said, "Forget dispatch, let's just go." It kind of surprised me that he agreed because when it would come time for to look for them. They don't know where they last were, you know what I no. mean? Because they yeah. left their spot. So that yeah. I remember thinking, wow, I'm actually surprised that he agreed with He with took Andy's email. advice, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I remember being really surprised by that. What did you think of that? Well,
1: like you said, like it was great to see him being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how prepared he was to open up. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, at the point that he does open up, they've obviously been through a bit already trying to, Mm -hmm. trying to save this girl. And I think it would have been interesting to know how it would have gone if Andy hadn't gone straight in there with the big questions. Like if he would have been ready at that point to open up to her. um, Right. And if she really did scare him off or if he was looking for an excuse to run. Mm -hmm. That's true. And it's only kind of because they were in this like really, intense situation that he actually did open up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, the one bit that I wanted to talk to you about was in the barn when he said that he wanted to go over some protocols. Why did she have to immediately back chat him and say they know what to do in storms? Why can't she help herself?
0: I know she can't, she's she's not able, It's just it's just not Andy.
1: And she just has no impulse control. Yeah, we know what to do in storms. Yeah. is right there. I know. She just. She's like the kid that always got sent out of the classroom in school.
0: Yeah, she just. She can't help herself. It's just. She's just got nothing. She just can't. She's got no filter, no self control. (laughs) No. She's just Um, got nothing.
1: Do you think when she offered to swap with Maya, do you think that was a completely selfless act on Andy's part? Or do you think that she wanted secretly to be in close confines with Sullivan?
0: I would say 50-50 on that one, for sure. I think think she, I mean, because they've been, there's been a little bit of spice there for a while now. Um, And so I think she wanted to get a little bit close with him. But I also... I guess I at least hope that she was being a good friend and wanted
1: oh, to Oh, definite Maya, friend Maya points. That. I think definite yeah. friend points because she had already said to Maya, you know what, don't freak out about Ripley being here. Like, think of it as an yeah. opportunity. And yeah. she could have gone ahead and said, oh, yeah, I wonder why he's come here. I wonder if he's come here so that he can watch you in yeah. action because yeah. you've got your lieutenant's interview next week. Oh, I wonder if that is what, do you know what I mean? But yeah. she didn't. She was yeah. like, nah, come on, boss it. And just yeah. show him what you're made of, so so she she does get some definite friend points, and I do think that the Sullivan thing, do you know what? I think I think that if it had stayed as it being Jack and Meyer being in the aid car, if Sullivan hadn't put himself forward, I think Andy still would have offered to swap, but I think that yeah. she would have done it through gritted teeth, whereas mm. now that it's Sullivan. It's like, it, it oh, it this, is a, this is a win-win.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I can see that. I just came to that decision while I was talking to you. That just came on um, the spot? Look at yeah. you. I know. I just changed my, <laughs> just, just evolved my thought while I was talking to you about it. Um, yeah, and you said about it being spicy. we yeah. We got a, a couple of, like, wanting looks from Sullivan towards Andy in this episode. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the mm-hmm. chemistry was one way this time around. I didn't feel any spiciness from Andy towards him. Am I right. am I alone in that?
0: Um maybe not. If there was, it was very little. Yeah. I think she was more incident focused mm-hmm. for sure. Um but I don't know. I I guess I felt but it could have been me just making it up myself like projecting too. yeah because um, she was very instant focused but
1: also he we, had been a little it, bit it of a did. weirdo in the morning so that would put you off somewhat wouldn't yeah. it yeah
0: <laughs> yeah for sure she could have like went in with feeling that way and then after after the morning she was like well
1: never mind then yeah you know what i do mean? think she's so. still like intrigued by him though but maybe yes yeah. yes Anything else about that one? Nope. And then that's the end of our season. That's the the, well, the end of the, the the midway point then, the end of the first part yeah. of the season. Why do you guys do that? It's so confusing to me. <laughs> the, the <What>? Splitting <laughs> TV shows in half. We just have like a beginning and an end over here. There's not like, there's a uh, beginning well, like, and there's like- Why do like, you
0: guys do that? Yeah, I'm
1: blaming you entirely. You're. I know, like- Jeez. All of American culture rests on your shoulders, Tiffany. <laughs> God's sake. That's no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. But there we go. So we are at the mid, mid-season finale. Can I call it a mid-season? So that's it. That's our yes. mid-season, mid-season, mid-season cliffhanger. Yes.
0: It, Which, what a cliffhanger. Yeah.
1: I mean, they didn't hang on very well. They, they went over the cliff.
0: <laughs> no, that was... You just got you're on it today. I know. You got the
1: humor today. I'm delirious. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So, I mean, thematically, did you see anything thematically in this one? I knew you were
0: going to ask me that. What gave you that
1: impression? Is it because I've asked you that in the 40 previous episodes that we've done?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that might have been it. Um, No, I don't have any themes in this one at all. This one was all over the place to me.
1: Yeah, I thought the only thing that semi-pulled some of it together was the title that did all of the heavy lifting with the weathering the storm. But, I mean, it's tenuous. Um, I mean, there's the actual storm. And then I suppose we've got a few relationship storms like Greg and Ryan, Dean and his parents, although they're not actually there, Travis and Grant. Right, but...
0: I suppose Jack's
1: weathering his own storm. The storm in is. That's actually field. pretty witty. I can see that. Yeah.
0: How the how the title actually lends um, lends our theme, how it actually correlates yeah. is a better word. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that.
1: There you go. So I like it. Yeah. So oh, and then I guess so, you know we've got the dude in the car who chose to wait out the storm going on in his house. Um, right. He weathered out the storm in his house in the actual storm. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah. so yeah, I think the title did some heavy lifting in this episode, actually. Yeah. Thank you, Stacey Mickey
0: yeah.
1: Um takeaways for you, what you're looking forward to going forward?
0: Um obviously seeing what happened in the aid car, um, seeing what happens with Maya and staying at nineteen? Um, seeing what happens with our with Ripley and Vic, and finally ending Grant and Travis with a love. Oh, of God. please! <laughs> just, just do it. Please pull the plug. So, quite a bit, quite a bit, and what does what does um, Ryan's dad decide? <gasps> yeah. What happens there? So, quite a bit of things to look forward yeah. to.
1: Yeah. I mean I suppose I should say Andy and Sullivan but quite honestly I'm more interested in Jack and his PTSD.
0: Yeah, quite a bit there too to look at.
1: Best growth for you.
0: Mm. I'd have to probably say Ryan towards his towards his dad. Good one.
1: Yeah. I said Maya in her leadership.
0: Definitely agree with that too.
1: She didn't second guess herself. She really,
0: show, she really showed. Yeah. yeah, she really showed a lot of leadership. It
1: just felt, it felt like sure. she'd been doing it for years.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, she did. Like a, it was like second. Yeah, age, I, I don't
1: think that if you showed some of those scenes, apart from that she had the wrong color hat on, I think if you'd shown some of those scenes and said that they were deleted <laughs> deleted scenes from season four where she was obviously like a bit more of a seasoned captain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't think anyone Mm -hmm. would have disputed that apart from the wrong colored hat it just felt very like natural for her to just be like right warren this like yeah good point yeah good point
0: best scene for you um it's that's hard because it's like do i want to pick the spicy scene in the turnout room with Vic and Ripley, or do I want to pick? I like, picked the
1: spicy scene.
0: Did you? Okay. Yeah. Because like, there's different scenes for different reasons, like different. Yeah. Or like the aid car where, where um, Sullivan and Andy had their, finally had a vulnerability. You know what I mean? Like, which one do you yeah. want to pick? And obviously you picked the spice.
1: I picked the spice. <laughs> <laughs> which one do you want to pick?
0: I think I'm gonna I think I'll go with the aid car with the Sullivan finally opening up to Andy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was nice.
0: Yeah.
1: But to be quite honest, I'm just scared of Barrett Doss after the um the, the stern look and the yeah, close lock, the door. Yeah lock yeah. the lock door. The door. Like, dang, there was no okay. way I was going for anything other than that. No. Yeah. <laughs> anything else while I'm here? what do you do? <laughs> Um, best line or best piece of dialogue for you
0: gosh that's tough probably i'm gonna use comedic relief when andy was like hey it's like we're sharing a meal together i'm gonna pick that one to be funny
1: okay Um, I liked the whole chainsaw scene with Vic and Ripley saying professionally approximately 32 times. Yeah. Professionally, (laughs) I'm professionally enjoying professionally looking at you, professionally wielding the professional chainsaw in this professional setting. Yeah. I liked that one. Who was your MVP of this episode?
0: Hmm. I'm going to pick Boris.
1: Oh, Left to Field Choice, and I'd like it.
0: Yeah. How about you?
1: Well, I struggled. Usually I know straight away who who I'm going to choose, because for me, there's almost always a standout character Mm -hmm. or a a standout performance. Mm -hmm. And... This time, almost everyone had a real moment to shine. Everyone had, I thought everyone had a shining moment. But if pushed, I'm going to go with Barrett Doss. Oh, okay. I could see that for sure. It's again because she does, she had like a range. So she had the comedy of the, don't be weird. Like, why would I bring anyone? Don't be weird. What are you talking about? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Funny. <laughs> and then all the, you know, professionally stuff with the yeah. chainsaw. But yeah. also <laughs> which we don't see a lot of a lot of with Vic. We see Barrett Doss doing funny beautifully. Yeah. We often see her doing not as often as I would like, but I don't want Vic to be miserable, so maybe it's the right amount. But we also see her doing dramatic beautifully mm-hmm. we don't normally see the spicy
0: no we don't you're right
1: but that look that she shot him yeah. w- when she was saying i am d- i am done with being professional <laughs> and i think you are done too and lock that damn door <laughs> like it's just like paradise <laughs> well, yeah really good yeah. So um so yeah, so so that if if pushed I will go with Barrett just because we saw something from her that we don't often see. Okay. Most gifable moment for you?
0: Um probably Travis with the No 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 That was
1: good, that was
0: good, that was good. How about you?
1: Um, Maybe just because it's relatable. I went with one of Dean's many faces of exasperation when people keep turning up at the houseboat.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Or maybe maybe Pruitt when he pulls him back like his arms are bungee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was quite good too. Okay. That's us done. That's us done. And next week, we are taking a break again from our breakdowns, aren't we? And we're doing the much-anticipated Lost Storyline episode slash episodes. I say we that are. because the last Spotlight episode that we did turned into three. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how how long this one's going to take us. That's the thing, we don't know until we dive in, do we? But yep. yeah, so as I say, it remains to be seen whether it's like a one and done or if I have to stretch it out over a few episodes. But we've already had some listener feedback about things they'd like us to include on the list and guys you still actually have a few days to get your ideas in so get in touch either on our socials or on our email which i think is podcast.station19 at gmail.com so let us know if you've noticed anything that the writers started and didn't finish
0: yeah for sure yeah, even if you think we we may we might have it, still message us because we might not have it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And we'd so. rather have too many ideas than too yeah. few. Yeah. So yeah, so so do get in touch and and let us know. And yes. I will let you get on with your Sunday, my lovely. You too. Thank you. Thank you. And it was it was a pleasure to see your face.
0: It was a pleasure as always it was this one was fun this one was fun to record so i had a good
1: time yeah it was so a it was you. a good episode it was thank you and um we shall catch you guys next time when we talk about the lost storylines
0: dun dun-da-dun dun, dun, dun. All right bye bye